Freedom Radio, where we plant and nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a food patriot, and a person sad about the death of 46-year-old Coco. Coco, a gorilla, learned over a thousand words in sign language. He once asked for a cat. I mean, this guy has some class, right? He once asked, asked for a cat. There's a lovely photo of Coco with the cat on the cover of National Geographic, and it's a highly empathetic um, uh, photo. And so I think the story of Coco gives hope for all primates. Yes, we really do care. Do you? Um, so we are live. Uh, the live call-in number is 952-946-6205. In studio with us is Roxanne Stewart. She's with Green Space Minnesota and True Nature Design. And later in the program, we're going to get an update on the farm bill from Josh Wise with the Institute of Agriculture and Trade Policy. Welcome, Roxanne. Thank you. It's Hi. good to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you again. Thank you. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my background is in uh, landscape architecture, and I've been a designer now for the last 20-plus years. Uh, I've been in the gardening industry for 37 years and love everything and all things outdoors. And your specialty is water, water retention. So, Yeah, yeah. I do a lot of work around water retention and reuse. Um, I, I value our land and water resources, and there's many things that we can do in our own properties and neighborhoods to... Um, help maintain our water systems and keep things healthy. Keep things healthy. So um, when we think of water, um, in some ways does, the, does our society have kind of a mechanicalist view on water? Whereas water, water is life. Water is a living entity. And so how, we welcome, what, what, how is the human relationship with water right now? Well, I think we're becoming more aware of um, the importance of our water. Uh, generally, I, I don't think we understand the relationships of our water relative to our homes and our neighborhoods, but we're getting more knowledgeable. Uh, I think part of the challenge is water is so readily accessible to us. It comes out of our faucets. I, I mean, all we have to do is turn a handle, and there it is. Uh, we are the land of 10,000-plus lakes and other waterways. So um, I think for those reasons, we've been maybe somewhat complacent in in seeing what's going on with our water, but there are things that need to be done, and we're hearing more and more about the importance of uh, engaging in our community and on our own properties in ways that will help to clean the water and preserve it. Right. So... Um so one of the so tell us a little bit about the problems with water, like hardscapes, um, going over asphalt, debris in the streets. What are some of the problems that we are causing with the water cycle? Well, I th- a lot of people I don't think realize that when water runs off of our property, it's designed to uh, run into the street and gutter system, and it goes into a stormwater sewer, uh, and then directly into our waterways. It is not cleaned up. And as it makes that, uh, that trip, uh, it picks up anything and everything that lies in the gutters. So um, organic debris, oils and other objects from our vehicles, uh, garbage of all kinds. Um, and so th- th- the, I, I guess the, the takeaway from that, once you know that, is what can you do to help uh, alleviate what's going into our water systems and then ultimately downstream to our neighbors. Right, right. So if you're throwing garbage on the street, we're throwing it in the water. We're basically polluting our own water, and we need our water. I mean, as you said, water is life. Water is life. And I know um, uh, where I live, uh, the lakes, I've been told stories like, oh, 10 years ago or decades ago, people would swim there all the time, and now they're just – they're, they're really unhealthy looking. Um, there's so much, um, and, and a lot of that is because of the runoff of pesticides and fertilizers that people put on their lawn, and that all ends up going into our lake, and so they become um, sick. Yeah, I, I think, you know, part of it is we, well, it's it's multifaceted. I mean, we have a relatively short growing season, and we're enthusiastic as Minnesotans to try to create our gardens and green up our spaces as quickly as possible, particularly after uh, a very late spring like the one we had this year. Uh, I appreciate that enthusiasm. I understand it. I, I, I meet it and greet it every year. Uh, and in the process of doing that, how do we 
uh, create a symbiotic relationship with our land and our water while greening up our spaces? And I think that's the bigger question. Yeah. Um, and, and one that each of us, whether we're property owners or renters, uh, all of us as part of a community can do something to improve the land and water quality. So Right. And it's, it's making it a priority and understanding the relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Yes. Okay. So um, tell me about some of the specific strategies for uh, if you are a homeowner that you can do to help the water in your, um, in your area. Okay. Um, well, as a homeowner, uh, there's a multitude of things. So we often hear about rain gardens. So I'll just put that out there. Uh, that's one thing we can do. Um, but there are, you can terrace if you live on a hillside, for example, and the water runs away from your house. Um, you can terrace it, creating retaining walls. Uh, if you don't want to have that ex- particular expense, you can plant it with deep-rooted native plants, for example. Um, the whole idea is to capture and slow down and allow that water to enter into the groundwater system. Um, there are more um, engineered systems, such as dry creek beds, uh, that one can put in off of a downspout. There are things called catch basins that are connected to drain tile uh, that could go into a cistern of some sort. There are rain barrels. Uh, there's just a multitude of things we can do as homeowners. Um, enlisting one or two of those things can be very effective. Even as simple as t- observing your downspouts and watching, gosh, are they draining onto the driveway? And then out into the street, maybe just simply turning your downspout and having it drain into a garden. It's a win-win. Now we're not sending that water down the street, and our gardens are benefiting from all that beautiful rainwater. So it doesn't have to be um, a labor-intensive um, obligation that we you know, enlist. Um, it can actually be something quite simple. I always invite people that I meet with just to Take a little walk in the rain, as long as it's not a thunderstorm of sorts, uh-huh. um, and observe what's happening with the water on your landscape. You know, just watch it. It's actually a beautiful thing. And and make notes, mental notes, write things down, kind of map it out. And then from there, you can say, gosh, I, what I noticed was this, 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 and this. And once you have that, then you can start to ask yourself, well, gosh, how does that all fit in with the other broader goals I may have for my landscape and what I want to create. Um, That's where oftentimes people invite me into the the conversation, which is fabulous. Um, But whether you enlist a professional or not, each of us can make observations and just watch how the water's moving and then how how might we redirect it and keep it on our property so that it soaks into the groundwater system and gets um, cleansed by the soils and the plants and all of that ecological relationship that exists. Right. And so mm-hmm. and one of the things is it's, every yard is individual. It's just like every person is an individual. Mm-hmm. And so they're – and actually embracing that individuality. Absolutely. Yes. Every um, – you know, most of my work is in the residential realm and everyone has a story. Everyone has an idea of what their ideal landscape would be. And so how do we um, engage, start there? That's the starting point. And include that as part of the process of being good stewards of land and water. It, they're not um, separate entities. They are very much connected. And, and there's, there's microclimates even in one yard. It's not like here's the one yard and everything's done this way. There's fun little microclimates. So one plant could be great next to your house. Another plant likes the boulevard. And even within feet, there is – tremendous diversity and live liveliness. Absolutely. That is so true, Laura. It is so true. Um, and, it, and that's part of what's so fun about gardening. I mean, and it can be a source of frustration, particularly if you lose a plant here and there, right? <laughs> yeah, there's some frustrating yeah, times. Yeah, or like those grasses will not go away from... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you plant something that you observed in another landscape and you thought, well, God, it, it worked there. Why is it not working in my landscape? But... Yeah, microclimates, um, you know, the, the plant uh, personalities, all of those things have to be considered when we're talking about these things. And I love that you said plant personalities because I think especially these days we just need some reality therapy. 
We do, don't we? I yes. mean, I need reality therapy. And so so actually having some reciprocal relationship with, with the plants. It, it is right. – it's um, something that transcends language. <laughs> right. But I mean it really does. And I even brought some – I brought some um, from – that I picked um, this morning. So the, right now I've got my pin cherries. I have alpine strawberries, mulberries, a little bit of mint and – Honeyberries. <laughs> Love them. Honeybush berries, yeah. 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 So I know you also garden do edible gardens. And yes. so we're we can talk about edible gardens, we can talk more about water because you actually have a cistern in your yard. I do. I do. I I um I about five years ago put an in ground cistern in my backyard. Uh it captures seventeen hundred gallons of water. Um uh half of that comes from um, my house and the other half comes from half of my garage and I reuse it to water my gardens in my backyard. I also created a water feature and that water feature is completely supported by rain gar- rainwater. I'm not adding water to this. Uh, so if we were in a dry year, then I would not have my water feature running, which for me, me personally, it seems like uh, the responsible thing to do. Uh, it may not suit everybody, but it, I, I created this just to demonstrate to people that it is possible to reuse our water. So if you have any questions about water, gardening, landscaping, call in 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette. 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. Located just north of 50th in France, the Great Wall Restaurant has provided a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Specializing in Sichuan and Peking dishes, they offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include hot and sour soup, pan-fried dumplings, and mushu pork with homemade Chinese pancakes. Stop by their Edina location or call for takeout at 952-927-4439. See the full menu at greatwallrestaurant.us. This is Ken Hagland of Minnesota Hospice, inviting you to listen to our brand new show, airing on AM 950 on Saturdays from noon to one. The Minnesota Hospice Show looks forward to discussing how we honor life and to exploring the physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional issues we experience throughout all stages of life. Learn how hospice is the new face of hope and how it's your benefit, your choice. Join us Saturdays at noon and check us out online at minnesotahospice.com. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They've built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. The 4th of July holiday is the best time of year to buy new appliances. Minnesota's original appliance specialists at Warner Stellion guarantee their prices are unbeatable. That's right, we guarantee it. Not just the brands you can buy at the box stores, but also the ones you can't. That's a good reason to choose Warner Stellion, but our customers tell us the best reason is how much trust they have in our installation specialists. I bet your insurance agent agrees. Visit Warner Stellion in-store online through July 11th for unbeatable appliance deals.
one, Sam, when the rain comes. Good job. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio um, on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm Laura Headline, and in studio with us is Roxanne Stewart. She is with... Um, Green, uh, um, green space and true nature design, and we've been talking about water and and what we can do with what not we can do with water, but the reciprocal ways that homeowners can um, be a partner with water. Absolutely. Okay. And so you did something kind of unusual in your South Minneapolis home. Tell us about it. Well, uh, so I've obviously because I'm. Uh, professional landscape designer. I've done a lot of different rain gardens and things. So I thought, I want to see what this cistern thing's all about. And uh, we basically dug um, a very large hole in my backyard that's about 20 feet wide and and 40 feet deep, or I'm sorry, four feet deep and five feet in height, and filled it with these things called res cubes um, that sit inside of a lined area. Um, and it's basically like a in-ground bathtub of sorts. Hmm. So these tubes, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep this as real simple language so that the audience can sort of <laughs> visualize this without using all my technical language. Um, these tubes that carry water from the downspout directly into this bathtub that's in the ground. And it's an enclosed system. Um, the cubes that I mentioned, the res cubes, provide the engineered support so that on top of that, you can landscape. You don't see the cistern. It's an in-ground cistern. Mine on top looks like a pond because that's what I created with this water feature. Uh, But you could put a garden on top of them or what have you. And the beauty of it is you design um, this, another tube where you set a pump, and you can pump water out of it. So I can actually pump water out of it, rainwater that I've stored, and use it to water my plants. So it's like a waterfall, practical waterfall? Or? Well, it what it is, probably the best way I can describe it, most people can visualize a rain barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, my cistern would be like 35 rain barrels. Okay. In ground. Okay. With a pond on the top. With a pond on the top. Yeah, and I visited. You had an event there uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. I was there. It was beautiful. Well, and it's, thank you. And it's and it's not. I mean, you hear something like that, and I might think, okay, that's something just for these big yards. But what's the dimension of your my lot? I'm on a very tiny corner lot. It's 30 feet wide and 150 feet deep. And on that lot is a double garage and a and a and a small bungalow. I mean, so most of my yard is consumed by building structure. Right, but I have all of this. What the remaining green space? It contains this cistern. It's underground. If I would have had a cistern above ground, I would have lost a lot more space to, you know, gardens. And I love having. Well, I grow fruit too. I mean, I've been harvesting cherries and service berries and honey berries in my yard. Soon, the black chokeberries will be ready. Um, you know, so it's it's lovely to try to create these um, holistic systems in our yard that respond to how we like to live. That's that's how yeah. I like to work. And so, why did you do this? Uh, well, <laughs> any experiments, you know, something that I haven't <laughs> done before, they always happen in my yard. I I did this because I wanted to see how something other than rain garden would work. I wanted to see how something other than rain barrel would work. Um, you know, those are two opportunities for water catchment and reuse, and they're good ones, but there are so many more. I mean, even simply planting a garden captures water. If you've ever gone out after a rain, the plants themselves have water droplets on their leaves, and then that water that goes down into the ground gets absorbed into the roots. All of those things add to the benefit of our water and ultimately our land. Awesome. And so then uh, let's talk a little bit about rain gardens because that's something most people are familiar with. And so what's involved in adding a rain garden to uh, to, uh, to someone's yard? What's your first steps? Well, for me, I always ask a homeowner to make a priority list of what they want to achieve with their landscape. Um, if we start with, I want a rain garden, and you put that in, I've met with folks later on that oh, you know, I wanted to have a patio or I want, and and now, so they they invested in the rain garden, however that looks, and they didn't think about how all the different rooms relate. Um, Outdoor spaces are a series of rooms, and the way we create it is by making a priority list. So 
Do you want a social space? You know, do you um, do you want to grow food? Uh, okay, you invited me in because you want to design a rain garden, so water capture is important. Do you want um, uh, an area to meditate? Do you do you want an area where you can sit and greet your neighbors as they pass by? You know, each of us has our own list of things that are important to us and what we want it to feel and look like. Whether or not we have the skills to put those together is not as relevant as being able to just share your story. If you can share your story and you share it with a designer that listens, you can then create a holistic landscape. And that rain garden can be a part of it. So first, start with your priority list. Second, get out and observe how the water is moving on your property during a garden variety rain, not a thunderstorm. (laughs) Uh, That's dangerous. But during a garden variety rain. And write down your observations. Um, And then from there, uh, make a, a, a list of what you want that rain garden to look like. I've had clients say to me, oh, I don't know if I want a rain garden because they look so wild and woolly. Mm. Well, some can. And for some, that's what they want. Uh, Some people want it more simple. They want it to be a one-plant rain garden. There is nothing wrong with that. So it's really about making priority lists and um, observing what's going on in your landscape. And is part of this um, also having more freedom? I I love that we named the show Food Freedom Radio, but it's Mm -hmm. also freedom to have the yard that you want. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get negative, but there is so many negative consequences, which with monoculture zombie yards. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, there just are. (laughs) I mean, they're very damaging to water. They're damaging to soil. We use a billion pounds of pesticides that can end up in rain damage. So, but we have this sort of dominant paradigm of this is the one way your yard should look. And we're moving out of that and I think that's a, a movement that's also um, – I mean it's, it's liberating how we find our own space and find your own little groove, right? Right. Absolutely it is. I mean for, for years people would say, you know, lawn, we'll just use that, is so much easier. Well, there's some ease around it I, perhaps. Um, but what kind of ease do you get if you are immersed in a space that feels – like home to you, that feels comfortable. I mean, do we think about that ease when we're creating our landscapes? You know, isn't that, I love that idea. So what is a really easy, easy space? And one of the pictures I like and encourage people to go to your website is this idea of these walls that you can build. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I remember my my husband was saying when we were going to, we went to Florida and they did such a good job in really small spaces creating almost like these green walls, which is something we really like, you know, nice private space. So you have some strategies around how you can do that in a crowded space. Yeah. you. It um, Oftentimes we turn to fencing uh, to create a definition to our properties. Uh, but plants, living walls, um, you know, allow us to have Um, a connection to nature and to our neighbors living walls so we are live and we welcome any question on landscaping how how do if you have any questions on how to do edibles or how you can work with water in your own yard give us a call 952-946-6205 am 950 listeners we have a home cleaning company with an offer just for you their blue sky services Blue Sky Services will wash your windows, siding, gutters, clean those black streaks off your roof, and more. Window washing starts at $100. Siding cleaning starts at $199. Call Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484 to ask for the AM950 special. If you hear this, you have an exclusive house cleaning offer for June only. Call 651-447-4484. That's Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484. Lowry Hill Meats, your neighborhood full-service butcher shop that works directly with family farms. Using whole animals gives Lowry Hill Meats the benefit of preparing custom cuts and dry aging. They offer beef, lamb, goat, pork, and poultry, including whole duck, roasting hens, turkey, quail, pheasant, and Cornish hens. Their sausages are made fresh in-house weekly using 40 rotating recipes. Try their handcrafted sandwiches. They are second to none. Lowry Hill Meats is located at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis or online at LowryHillMeats.com. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop. 
off their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at Seward.coop. Kevin Ross here, inviting you to our brand new store called Ambibulous. What does Ambibulous mean? It means one who enjoys alcoholic beverages of all sorts. Ambibulous is a Minnesota maker's market. Unlike traditional liquor stores, we feature only craft beer, wine, and spirits made here in Minnesota. We are ready to guide your selections, where you can build your own four or six packs. Find us at 949 Hennepin Avenue East in Northeast Minneapolis or online at ambibulousmn.com. Crazy about pets? We are too. The Pet Connection Show is a great venue for fun, informative, and creative conversations about pets. Join myself, Kathy Menard, and Dr. Nicole Parole, along with guests who are leaders in the dynamic and growing pet industry, as we discuss healthcare, relationships, behaviors, and even political issues as they relate to our pets. So come, sit, stay for the Pet Connection Show, Sundays 11 a.m. to noon on AM 950 Radio, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, this is Charlie. My dad is Minnesota's wildly popular and handsome radio host, Matt McNeil. Did I say that right, Dad? Perfect! When I got my driver's license, my parents let me drive a Sienna from Rudy Luther Toyota. I love it. It's easy, comfortable, and hauls all my baseball gear. And my parents love the safety. That's why they wanted me in the Sienna. Thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota, my son is safe as he begins his driving adventure. We're a two Sienna family thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota. Visit them today in Golden Valley at 169 and 394. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today will be partly sunny with a high near 82, cooling down tonight with a low around 64. Tomorrow will be mostly cloudy with a high near 79, Monday mostly cloudy with a high near 75, and Tuesday mostly cloudy with a high near 77. Blue Skies Services is the home cleaning company for you. Wash windows, siding, gutters, roofs, and more. Call Blue Skies Services at 651-447-4484 and ask for the AM 950 special. More details at blueskiesservices.com. Hi, this is Laura Edlin with the Food Freedom Radio Report, and joining us is Josh Wise with the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. Uh, welcome, Josh. Tell Thanks us, for having me. Yeah, what's happening with the Farm Bill? Well, um, uh, after failing in May, the the House passed their version of the Farm Bill yesterday uh, by two votes <clears throat> um, after first voting down a very hardline immigration bill that would have reduced legal immigration and then had pretty draconian measures for undocumented workers, um, which the but the, the um, Freedom Caucus in the House had demanded a vote on this bill before they would vote the pass a farm bill. So they, they voted that bill down and then passed the farm bill by a very narrow margin. So what is in the U.S. House uh, bill? Yeah, the House bill is really bad. Um, on the farm side, it gets rid of the conservation stewardship program, which is a, a, a really good working lands program that helps farmers uh, produce more sustainably. It also would have gutted the rural development uh, parts of the farm bill. And then on the food side, which is what everyone's been hearing about, it would kick about a million people off of uh, the supplemental nutrition assistance program. Um, through implementing work requirements that are just pretty impossible to meet and create a lot of administrative red tape. And then, uh, so what passed in the U.S. Senate? And now, uh, what? And, and so the two have to compromise. So a bill passed in the U.S. Senate. What were the provisions in the U.S. Senate? That's a little bit better than the U.S. House, but it's still well, not. Well, that's yeah, that's right. The bill in the Senate is, has made it out of committee, but it hasn't passed through the full floor yet. The Senate bill basically is a continuation of, of a lot of the same things that were in the last farm bill, which by the standards of the House bill means it's a lot better. Um, it still doesn't address some of the structural problems we have right now that means farmers are getting below the cost of production prices for their commodities. It doesn't really ameliorate the budding farm crisis we're having in dairy right now. Um, and it really doesn't change the unsustainable export-driven system that we've seen you know, just in the last week, tanked the price of soy with a with a Trump tweet directed at China. 
So, um, but by, you know, by the standard of the House bill, it's still a heck of a lot better. Okay. And so what are the next steps for the farm bill? Well, the next steps is that the Senate has to pass their version off of the floor and then it goes to conference committee. Um, it's unclear whether the, the, the two sides can even come together. They're so far apart in their versions of the bill. It's very, very possible that this could uh, get kicked down the road until after the election. Now, the, the current farm bill expires at the end of September, so they would have to uh, pass a continuation of those provisions at least for a couple of months until they can put something new together if they're not able to pass the bill before then. Well, I thank you again, Josh Wise. A half a million Minnesotans are on the SNAP program. Um, it's just so complex, isn't it, and crazy? Yeah, it really is. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you. Uh, and, and encourage people to check out Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. We can do better. Yeah, www.iatp.org. Let's do better. Food Freedom Radio. <laughs> I'll do it anytime you want me to. So we did record that on Friday, so it was passed on Thursday. But but we can do better. We really can do better, can't we, Roxanne? Yes, yes and, we can. And a big part of it is having a relationship with the reciprocal world, the real world, the reality therapy. <laughs> yes, indeed. Absolutely. It's, it's not about how much can we take from uh, all the gifts of this wonderful planet, but what, what kind of symbiotic relationship can we cultivate? Yes. It's a give and take. Yeah. That's the gift. I mean, we can have... It can be a both and. It can be a both and. And um, you and I were talking before the show started. I have this in my yard. Um, there's this crabby apple tree. And uh, when it was in bloom, you could hear the buzzing of the bees. I mean, it just attracted so many bees. And in the dead of winter, it provided food for Beautiful. so many critters. It was just, it's such a, it is a giver. But but even it goes beyond just the giver and taker. I mean, it's just, it's a different type of I don't know. It's not logic. What is a different type of way of being? It's it's just alivening. And 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 to think about how much abundance is naturally in that way of living. I, I, absolutely. I mean, when we were talking about the crab apple, and you were talking how it had passed on, and it's still supporting the birds. I mean, as that crab apple dies, there are other living beings that move in. Those support other creatures in the, our wildlife habitat. It's it's this um, you know even as things pass on they are still giving in some form or fashion either enriching the soil, feeding other wildlife, and and we can learn from that. It's those observations. So when you shared that story, and this is where in my mind where it all starts with the story, and watching and observing the changes, um, what our relationship is to our land and water, how we could maybe improve upon that or even just begin to ask questions and begin to respect and begin to respect yeah. yeah and if we don't know where to start there are resources out there of all kinds i'm one resource but i'm only one resource there are plenty of resources on how we can do this uh land and water living that we do differently yeah and so you're also with the friends of lake hiawatha and you're on the community advisory council I am. So tell us a little bit about uh, Lake Hiawatha, the health and well-being of the water. Okay. Well, I live in South Minneapolis, and uh, Lake Hiawatha is a stone's throw away from my house. Uh, a wonderful gentleman by the name of Sean Conahee started Friends of Lake Hiawatha because he was going down there and just picking up trash, cleaning things up around the lake, and really observed that this was an ongoing issue. And so Friends of Lake Hiawatha came out of that our ultimate goal is the, to clean up the lake. Oftentimes, um, the beach there is closed uh, due to E. coli or other issues. Um, well, I'm going to stop right there because that's, people who lived in my area decades ago said, you know, these are our, our swimming beaches, and now you can no longer really swim. Right. And why is that occurring? Well, it, it, it goes back to our earlier conversation this morning. Um, we, our, our areas have become more urban. Over time, more urban areas mean more hard surfaces. Those hard surfaces direct water to, into our stormwater sewer systems. That's the way our urban areas have been designed and are picking up more and more uh, trash and things that are contributing to the demise of our waterways. Um, it, truly, 
we one we need to when we rethink community and neighborhoods and urban planning we need to create green space and try to keep our water on site as much as possible not to the detriment of our valued structures but also not to the detriment of our waterways um and then you know even in a, a, a more of a, a, a microcosmic sort of way we each of us can do something like uh you know if you're walking down the street and you see some trash in the street pick it up yeah you know, pick it up because pick it up. that 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 trash in the street is going to end up in uh in, in the water and right. you know we have seen improvements like people right. used to just dump the oil on the streets or something didn't yeah. they? <laughs> I mean, they just, I mean yeah we are doing you're correct we are doing some things better and um as we grow as a population in the, on this planet and as we create more structures to support that growth what are we doing then to support the land and the water that is supporting us? I mean, right. ultimately, the, in my mind, that's that's why I'm involved with Friends of Lake Hiawatha because I I think I can speak to that and talk to um, how do we create a relationship that's healthy for all concerned for the lake and all the inhabitants of the lake and the land, <laughs> and not just at Lake Hiawatha but in our communities in general. And if we have healthier Water and land. Does that mean we have healthier people? I believe so. Yeah. I really believe so. I um, We do a lot of work to try to improve the health of soils, for example. Um, there are microbes in soil that keep it healthy. And what I equate it to when I'm explaining it to my clients, it's sort of like... Um, you know, taking probiotics to improve the health of your own gut. It, and there are studies that are showing the health of our gut influences our own overall health. Similarly, if we have healthy soils, if we start there, that's the foundation. That is the absolute foundation to healthy plants, um, as opposed to fertilizing the plants and making them grow. I mean, and, and I get why we do it. We mm-hmm. have our short, short growing season, but if our soils are healthy... Yes. Then the plants are going to be healthy. And if the plants are healthy, they send deep roots and they help with water catchment. I mean, this is where the symbiotic relationship happens. So when we start, um, or I should say stop using so many of, like you were suggesting, the herbicides, uh, pesticides, and uh, traditional fertilizers on our land, and instead maybe start using compost tea and some other things that can help improve the um, microbe health in our soils, ultimately that relationship trickles down to other areas, literally to other areas and ultimately to our water. I mean, it, they're inter- interdependent and it, we need to start seeing that relationship. We yeah. really do. Yeah. Seeing the relationship and um, even pausing, you know, pausing yeah. to see the relationship, pausing because one of the fun things, because um, I've been doing permaculture um, in, in the place, in my place Wonderful. where I, where I coexist and um uh, we didn't used to see um, bumblebees, and mm-hmm. right now we have so many bumblebees because we're not spraying, and we have tons and tons of food for them. So there's a lot we still want to get into. I want to get a kind of uh, uh, overview of the other things that you will help people with because you you do edible landscapes, you do um, a garden maintenance, so you'll come and weed or or, or 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 help have the reciprocal relationship with the plants that are. I, I'm not saying that. Do you know what I want to say? Yeah, yeah. So we do provide garden ma- management, garden maintenance services, which in, involves um, weeding. Uh, some of it's improving soil health. Uh, you know, part of it is diagnostic um, to, to, to look at what's going on in the garden and why and having conversations about what the observations are. Um, I do a lot of consulting work with folks. Um, I work with a lot of do-it-yourselfers, which I enjoy immensely. In my mind, the more people get out in the garden, the better off Mother Nature is going to be as a result. Um, right. Because as you've noticed with your own little microcosm, just the life that's The growing. life is there. And, yeah. and, and there's some really interesting research that we actually need to be around dirt. And so, Absolutely. I mean, when I say reality therapy, I... It is. It is. It is. It's a form of meditation. It is. And it, but it's not for everyone. So I don't want to say everyone must now meditate, and you all must be gardeners, <laughs> or else you. You know, I, I don't want to. You know, I want to. You know, everyone finds their own groove. But your website is uh, greenspaceminnesota.com. Yes. And so, what can people contact you about? 
Uh, they can contact me if they're interested in landscape design, uh, having a garden consultation, landscape installations, if they're interested in garden maintenance. I mean, any one of those aspects, um, we cover the breadth of it because my background's in landscape architecture. Uh, the services I offer are quite broad. Are quite so. broad. And your degree is in? Landscape architecture. And Great. Okay, so we're going to be taking our last break. When we come back, we're going to talk about events um, coming up, and there's still time for your calls. Um, and also, there's one thing uh, from the uh, Minnesota Pollution Control e- Agency, feedlot update um, from this week. So because of the heavy rains, uh, the manure storage in, um, in a lot of our rural areas, um, those feedlots are having problems. And so it all gets to how do we move the whole system How do we get our own reality therapy so that we can have the whole help some reality therapy? You know, right now we have the manure equivalent as if we had 50 million people because we're a big pork producer. But all that manure is going in the water and affecting things for future generations. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. And I'm Rachel Shamblot. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette, 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning knows nobody loves summer more than us Minnesotans. We also love being smart with our money, which is why during June we're offering our AC Performance Tune-Up for $25 off. We're also offering savings of $700 on new AC systems. It all adds up to a lot of reasons to love summer even more. Call for an appointment and spend the season in cool comfort. Some restrictions apply. Learn more at StandardHeatingDeals.com. Standard Heating, the comfort you deserve. The fine folks at Common Good Books will help you find the perfect book for you or the book lover in your life. Find a huge selection from a locally owned and independent bookseller in the Twin Cities. They are always bringing in top authors from around the globe for special in-store events. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Find Common Good Books at 38 South Snelling Avenue in St. Paul or shop online at commongoodbooks.com. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. (laughs) So we're all kind of moving here, and this is kind of nice, isn't it? just kind of like, yeah, it is lovely. It is absolutely lovely. Um, and so um, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950. I'm Laura Headline. And I'm excited about something we're going to be doing at the State Fair this year. And that is we're looking for lazy, good food recipes. 
because I've been talking to so many people, and I mean, there are kids that they get most of their calories from fast food, right? And and you know, it's ease is also something that water naturally goes towards, right? And the water naturally flows towards ease. It's not it like it does. That's a very good point. It's not like they're bad people and good people. It's just flowing the way it is. And how to make uh, eating that is respectful of water, land, people, and planet. How to make that accessible and affordable and living for all people. And I actually see that as an historical transformation of of where we want to move our food system and um, the life. And that's why I love that song. It's nice and easy, isn't that? So um, – uh, so we want to talk a little bit about events. There's a lot of really cool events going on. Um, this um, Thursday, June 28th and 29th in Northfield is, get this name, Regeneration Midwest Meeting. Woo-hoo. And it's part of the International Regeneration stuff. And so uh, we're going to be talking to the Organic Consumer Association next week because well, I'm going to go to that event and then we'll be talking about it next Saturday. Uh, and it's all about gathering to build a Midwest-based regenerative agriculture strategy. Oh, that sounds fabulous. Isn't it? And it, again, it's just, you know, it's that lazy, groovy, fun stuff. And then, of course, this is Pride Weekend. Yay! Yay. Pride Weekend. <laughs> so um, anyone wants to come out to the M950 booth, I'll be there today from uh, 1 o'clock to 6 o'clock and would love to say hi. Um, so we'll be at the Pride uh, Pride booth. And then uh, you do some stuff with Friends of the Lake Hi- Hiawatha in terms of cleaning up. and Yeah, actually there are a number of things that get posted. So if you're anybody's interested in helping with Friends of Lake Hiawatha, uh, I know every Saturday Sean goes out with a group around the lake and cleans up the lake. Um, he's out. He's out there a lot more than that. But you can go to Friends of Lake Hiawatha, Minneapolis, and that's key. So you get the correct uh, Facebook page to see what we're up to. And um, also, I'm trying to lead at least once a month a street cleanup event. So if you go to Friends of Lake Hiawatha's Facebook page in Minneapolis, um, you can learn about how you can do street cleanup and then take it to your own neighborhood. Um, for my own work, I also do these talk garden events in my backyard. So if you want to learn more about cisterns or water catchment or edibles, uh, I do these events in my backyard so that people can see what some possibilities are. And you can just go to my website, which is greenspacesminnesota.com. Okay, again, that's greenspacesmn.com. And then you had this sentence um, in terms of uh, for the that you sent to the Minneapolis Park Board um, regarding Lake Hiawatha. I ask that you make conscious decisions to manage the land and water at Lake Hiawatha in a way that is consistent with valuing the resources rather than a decision founded on the particular use or set of uses. Yeah, I um, I think sometimes we can uh, – th- okay, I'm going to backtrack here. It's really important to have our sets of goals and opportunities that we want to create, and those are good things. They should never be uh, viewed as uh, negative in any way, shape, or form. And – and this is the both-and part – and how do we have those goals and objectives – have a symbiotic relationship, a healthy relationship with land and water. That's the essence of that. There's uh, numerous discussions going on with regard to Lake Hiawatha, and there are discussions of a similar bent in other communities about how do we have this opportunity? How do we uh, interact with our water? What is it going to look like? And if we can go back to the fact that our land and our water supports us. It is life. If we can be there, then we can create this marriage between what we want to achieve on our own properties or in our own communities and have it be a healthy, healthy relationship. So that's the essence of that. I love the fact that you use the word marriage. Yes. So we want a healthy marriage with land and water. Yeah, we do. Uh, yes, yeah, we do. We don't want to be a, in abusive relationships no, with it. No, we don't. Or I, where we discount it. Right. And and the reality is most people I meet with, they 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 want that. They're just not sure of how to get there. Right. You know? And so. I'm going to go back to Coco. because um, uh, uh, So Coco uh, died, unfortunately, this week. He's, he's 46 years old. He was a gorilla. He learned over a 1,000 words in sign language. Um, and he once asked for a cat. <laughs> and he was on the cover of National Geographic. But he actually – there's a story of hope in Coco because he was, he was a sign of um, primates and empathy. Mm. 
And and I think that yes, I do care. Do you? Exactly. And yes, that's I a, do care. Right. And it's a question that's a very valid, and we need to be asking on a daily basis. I care, and do you? And so, how are you um, moving through your daily life, showing that you care? What does that look like? You know, it may be simple things like you picked up some trash. It could be something bigger like you redid your landscape so all the water now is staying on your property. There there are so many different ways that all of us can come into this um, opportunity with the land and the water. Yeah, and, and really we can is. do it every time we take a bite to eat, how we, how we approach each other, having that – uh, a, a core values of, of respect and spaciousness. Absolutely. Beautiful. Spaciousness. Beautiful spaciousness. way to describe it. Yep. So, okay, last two minutes. Again, we're going to be live next week talking about Regeneration Midwest. Um, we got the uh, co-op farm tour coming up, so people can actually go visit some farms that work with the co-ops. So that's in early July. And we're going to be talking to Canada. I'm, I'm really looking oh, forward to that because we're talking to Canada. <laughs> that sounds fab. <laughs> so, and it's Pride Weekend today. Is there anything else you want to make sure people mention? No? I, I I think as long as you uh, visit the websites, whether it be with friends of Lake Hiawatha or mine, uh, then, you know, other than that, just kind of move into this whole landscape thing, gardening thing with a, a consciousness, a higher level of consciousness. A higher level of consciousness. And Sam, um, you were talking earlier, you actually live by Lake Hiawatha. That's where you grew up. Have you noticed any changes in the lakes over the years or how, how do you feel? Um, I just thinking back to like when I grew up as a kid, I'd I think you mentioned this earlier in the show how you you used to go swim in the lake and everything. I don't think I would go in it anymore. Although I don't, I'm not a, I'm not an expert on this stuff by any means. But but yeah, no. But we don't all need to be experts either because if we're experiencing that, we we know enough, right? Hey, everyone used to swim here. No, we can't. <laughs> it, it's my favorite place to walk my dog though around the lake. So. Yeah, yeah, the dogs. Okay, so um, again, it's Roxanne uh, Seward uh, and uh, with Green Space Minnesota, True Nature Design. Um, we thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, you know, one other thing we did. Thank you for having me. Yeah, one thing we didn't really get into is the balance in a lot landscape because life is about balance. It is. And we experience that balance and we create a when – we, when we can create places of balance, it helps how we feel. Absolutely, it does. And, and, it, and again – I'm going to go, for me and my work, it goes back to the foundation of the person or persons I'm working with because it, it's, I can't define balance. Each of us defines balance. Mother Nature has a sense of balance. I try to bring that in to this ma- healthy marriage as we talked about. Um, but you need to have, identify what's important to you. Right, and that's the essence of freedom. So Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Minnesota.